0: Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom.
1: All right. Shabbat shalom, everyone. So before I pray, yes, you noticed uh, the way everything's arranged is differently. Today we had that wedding last night. It went uh, really awesome. And we did have a, uh, a lot that was going on, so we figured we'll just leave the chairs where they are. And, and it's not like if you've been here long enough, you know the furniture moves quite often. So you (laughs) so if it's new to you hang around long enough it will be old it'll be something that you'll be accustomed to over and over again so let me open in prayer father Yahweh, we give you great thanks father we thank you again for uh, the shabbat that you've given us so we may uh, come together uh, as a as your children and learn from your words father that's our desire to grow closer to you father we thank you again for the love and mercy that you've shown each and every one of us. And, Father, we invite you to be here today, Father, in our conversation. Again, we thank you because your words became flesh and dwelt among us, and we recognize and we believe in whom you sent, and that is Yeshua, who we see as your only for son, our Messiah, and our king. Amen. All right. Oh, I just lost. I got to do something real quick. Been having problems with the Apple TV. I don't know why. Let me get my notes back up there again. So this might happen. It's been happening. So it might happen quite often here. Oh, in the meantime, we're in chapter uh, chapter twenty one. Okay, this should do it now. Yay. Yay. Maybe not. There we go. Okay, it's a delay here. So, anyhow, so I'll take the first half here a little bit uh, uh, where we're at. And then uh, later on, uh, we do have the microphone if you have a comment or a question or anything like that. Please just raise your hand and the mic will find its way to you. We just ask kind of be brief and be on point of where where we're talking and what we're talking about. Okay, so uh, just a real quick review. We are in Jerusalem uh, at the time of the Passover. Uh, We left off last week about the people crying out for a king, you know, uh, but the, the chief priests and the scribes didn't really like this, and Yeshua and replied to them, and he replied to them is interesting uh, with, uh, uh, with uh, prophetic psalms, I guess is the best way to explain it. Out of the mouth of babes and infants you have founded your praise or your strength, and we really went into that. Um, so, but I want to read from you uh, from Luke as well. And um, I've said this before in the past, but we're using Matthew as a guide. But we're kind of going to be bringing in, especially with certain things that happen. You see, we'll bring in Mark, our, uh, our Luke and bring those things in. And then what I'm hoping, uh, after we get done with Matthew, we pretty much would have covered uh, uh, Mark and Luke. And then we'll focus on the book of John, only because the book of John is unique to the the four gospels in its sense. But so that being said, let's go to... uh, I want to read Luke as well. Um, So Luke 19.37 uh, says this. And as he was coming near already to descend the Mount of Olives, the entire crowd of taught ones began to praise Elohim, rejoicing with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen saying, Blessed is the sovereign or the king who comes in the name of Yahuwah, peace in the heavens and glory, esteem in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your taught ones, your disciples. Okay, But he answered and said to I say to you that if these shall be silent, the stones would cry out. And as he came near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you only knew... Even today, the matters or the things uh, for your peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes because the day shall come upon you when your enemies shall build a rampart um, around you and surround you and press you in on all sides and dash you to the ground in your children within you. And they shall not leave in you, one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation. Now, this word, uh, I'm kind of going off my notes or going away from my notes real quick, but this idea of visitation, it pops up a lot, and it popped up in last week when we uh, were reading. So, this visitation, um, it's ultimately when uh, something's happening, something that's been told and something's happening, but the bigger thing about the visitation is when the Father's visiting his people, and that is directly associated with the temple, the tabernacle, and the feasts. They have to be connected in there, so that's very important. So, Now, it's it's interesting here. It sounds like we just read that, didn't we, because over the past week or so, Um, And I wanted to share this story with you, and this is for, I don't know why, uh, I just felt I should. It gives you a little bit of insight on me, too. So, uh, and it's kind of funny, but like that, it seems like we just read this story, right? But this story's in another gospel. And what I want to share with you is, like, I remember I grew up Presbyterian, okay? So I knew my Bible verses, I knew my Bible, I went to Sunday school, all that. I really did, okay? So, but then there was a time, let's say, I did my own thing or whatever, and then I got came back to the Lord, so to speak, and got back in the church and stuff. So I started reading my Bible again, you know? And I remember reading it, and then, how do I explain it? I remember reading it, you know, so I said, I'm gonna read it all through, uh, or at least I started with the New Testament, that type thing, you know, it just, you get that from the, side i guess you always start there and then go back but i started reading uh got one book done you know like wow that's awesome started reading another book then i'm like i just read this and i'm thought maybe i didn't have my the bible i didn't mark it right and what i'm trying to say is like it didn't occur to me that these stories repeated in all the gospels so and that's something to think about um and in the sense that I remember growing up hearing Bible verses and learning Bible verses and things like that. But if that's all you ever learn is the Bible, the Bible verses and know some of that, and you don't know the huger context, you'll fall in the same trap I was, not realizing, oh, you know, this is a repeat of the same story. It just, I was astounded. It's like, wow, that's, that's weird. And what it showed is I didn't know my Bible. I didn't know the text. You know, I knew the scriptures. I, I, you know, you grew up doing right things and stuff like that. I'm not saying that, but it does show that it's like it's something that you need to read these for yourself. You need to go back, like we're, like I'm trying to show you today, we're we're in the book of Matthew looking at the Passover, but we're also looking at from these other witnesses, and you see that there's so much more going on. So, so I just I don't know why I I thought I'd share that with you. I just thought it was kind of uh, kind of funny. Maybe it's just for me, but uh, it's a so it's a different commentary, uh, and it's different commentary, so to speak, on different events, and that's very important because that shows us um, uh, shows us a lot of different things on how, like each and every one of us, when we hear scripture, and depending on how how our lives were, things are going to affect us a little bit individually. We're all going, we're all worshiping the same God, but he, he has the same principles for all of us, but he knows all of us are uniquely wired, you know what I mean? So he's using that in our lives, and you can see that with the apostles, you know? He didn't breed robots, I guess, for, for us to be robots. So we have uniqueness, and he speaks to us, and it's amazing. He can speak to all of us because he knows how to do that. How he designed us. So, yeah. So, Yeshua is in Jerusalem at this set appoint time or this feast, as, as we see again. The stones would cry out. Um, something just real quickly. We're kind of going to go through this real quickly, and if you do have any comments, make them brief here. But you know, this statement: the the stones would cry out. So, ultimately, that would bring to mind the creation itself. <laughs> you know, this is an appointed time. Remember the witnesses of heaven and the earth here. OK, that was has been written down uh, in the in the Tanakh where before you, I, you know, I witness before you. If you don't obey my commandments, you know what? I'm going to call the heavens and the earth in as witnesses against you. So these stones, if if humanity not going to say anything, you know, creation itself is going to rise up and say you're missing it, you know, that's what I see in some way. And again, that's my theology thinking here. So the heavens and earth is a witness. It just, or even this might be um, Moses in the rock. You know, because I started looking, okay, what's this concept about the, the stones will cry out or the rocks are going to cry out, you know? Um, maybe some hints. But I did find this in Habakkuk. Okay? Habakkuk 2.10. And I thought this was kind of interesting. Maybe this because there was no other place I saw that stones are crying out, okay? And I could be in the overlooking some things as well. But in Habakkuk 2.10, you have uh, uh, concealed shame for your house, to cut off many peoples, and your being is sinning. For the stone from, from the wall cry out, and the beam and the timbers answer it. Woe to him who builds a town by blood. And establishes a city by unrighteousness. That's, to me, the closest thing I could find with the rocks crying out or the stones crying out in the Tanakh. Okay. And I think it kind of fits because we know what just happened in Jerusalem because the Pharisees were saying, tell them the people to shut up. You know, tell them to hush. Or or what was the other... um, uh, they were displeased, however it's worded. They didn't like the people crying out, we need a king, we want a king. Even though they maybe not got the concept of what was happening before them, they knew they needed a redeemer, okay? Like most of us, having some of us. We don't know, we got to a point, we don't know about him, we don't know about this, 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 and all this stuff, but we know we need something changed in our lives. And the religious folk didn't like that. OK. So so that's where I thought Habakkuk maybe fits in, because the, the thing is, uh, let me see here. Then, because, see, if we go, if you, you're going to have to go back to Habakkuk two and read it for yourself, but it does uh, in the beginning of Habakkuk two, it says this, I stand, uh, um, I stand at my watch. And station myself on the watchtower and wait to see. And he says to me, this is Yahuwah, yeah, so, all right? Says to me, he says to me and um, what to answer when I'm reproved. And Yahuwah answers me and said, write the vision and inscribe it on tablets so that he who reads it runs. For the vision is yet for appointed time. A feast or appointed time, and it speaks of the end and does not lie. If it lingers, wait for it. It shall certainly come, it shall not delay. Doesn't that sound like another? Don't you know, it sounds like the father's tearing, but wait, all of a sudden it's going to be there, his words are going to come true. So that's why I thought maybe this stones crying out referred to Habakkuk. And what was going on? Because Habakkuk, if I remember right, it was a prophet. He was seeing all this stuff going. And mind you, too, he saw that, yes, there was worship of Yahuwah, but they were mixing it with other things at the same time. So I don't see that's any different than at the time when Messiah was there. Yes, Joe, the mic will come right to you. So see those beings not upright in him, who's puffed up. But the righteous, here it is, the righteous shall live by his steadfastness. Now, isn't that interesting? Whatever's going on, it still comes back to whoever's righteous, which is the commandments, are going to live by the commandments.
0: Joe. Okay, in uh, verse 40, the the word stones is in the plural, but cry out. Then in uh, uh, verse 44, uh, do uh, not leaving one stone upon another. That's when uh, the the temple was destroyed. Okay, now it's yes. Okay, now it's the stones in uh, verse forty. What stones are we talking about? Are we talking about the stones on the street? Or are we talking about the stones in the, uh, making up the temple?
1: I think it's a combination of all those. And and why I say that, because you can see it directed just to one thing, but yet at the same time, if I'm correct and associate with Havocah, Havocah associating it with the people, but yet we're talking about he just left his father's house, okay? So they're building this house incorrectly. The stones in the house are crying out to the beams in the house, you know? Anyone that builds this house, right, without righteousness or on blood, it's wrong. Now we all know, ultimately, that house is a picture of me and you. So you can see, all of a sudden, anyone that lives his life based on unrighteousness or on on based on blood and power. So you can see how you can go to, like some of these deep, deep, deep uh, paths on this. So thank you, though, Joe. And the last uh, uh, in Habakkuk two twenty, but Yahweh is in His set apart. Uh, or his house or his temple, let all the earth be silent before him. So you can see the association with the house, with the father's house and the importance that Messiah saw his father's house is a very important thing, too. And if he if Messiah thought it was very important, not such that it was a building, but the representation it was about, then we better look at that and respect that viewpoint as well. All right. So uh, let me finish in Luke here real quick. And having entered into the set-apart place, he began to drive out those selling and buying. Okay, same thing that we read in the other, uh, uh, in Matthew and Mark. Saying to them, it has been written, my house should be a house of prayer. We went over that. But you have made it a den of robbers. We <laughs> see the association again with the house here. And all that's associated with the house is where he visits his people. That's where the feasts comes. That's where everyone gathers to it. And that's where he puts his great name that we are to represent. And he was teaching daily in the set-apart place, but the chief priests and the scribes and the leaders of the people were seeking to destroy him. So here in Luke, okay, the other places, they're kind of displeased or whatever. In Luke, they were seeking to destroy him. But they did not find what they might do, for all the people were hanging upon him and listening. So they knew this, the people, just the basics knew. They might not know every little, like any of us today, we might not know everything about our God, but we know we need him, and we know we need to cling to him and do what he says. So, say the least, he did make a, a great impression here. You know, if you can really visualize this, him coming in, tossing the tables, uh, the friction going on, okay? Now, there's a lot more that we can search out and ponder about, but I do want to continue with Matthew uh, 21. We left off in, um, left off at verse 17, okay, in Matthew. And having left them, uh, left them, he went out of the city, and this is where he was just, where he healed people and the Pharisees and them all... Um, uh, screaming, Hosanna, give us a king, David, okay? So having just left him, he went out of the city of uh, Bethania and um, spent the night there. And returning to the city early in the morning, he became hungry. It's interesting. Now, Passover isn't yet, but we know it was like Nishon 10, I had mentioned to you. So it's like four, those four, three, four days before Passover, but that's where he's visiting. So he became hungry. And seeing a uh, fig, uh, seeing a single fig tree, by the way, he came to it and found not on it, but leaves and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately the fig tree withered and the taught ones seeing it marveled saying, how did the fig tree wither so soon? And Yahshua answered and said to them, truly, I say to you, if you have belief, trust And do not doubt. Stick to it. All right. You shall not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be removed and be thrown into the sea, it shall be done. And whatever you ask in prayer, trusting, believing, you shall receive. So. I want to talk about the fig tree and why uh, and why the fig tree. That, just that's the basic why a fig tree. <laughs> you know, and that's what I try to do. Why did it, why a fig tree, not an olive, not a peach, or whatever, it was specifically a fig tree. And I, that's one thing I I firmly believe. Any of the stories Messiah does, he's he chooses these things specifically. You know. So. Most uh, most say that the fig tree represents Israel, and I, I I would agree. But keep in mind, Israel is defined in Scripture as His people. Okay, and what I mean about that is you uh, is that if you consider yourself Elohi, uh, uh Elohim's or God's people, okay, then it's about you. <laughs> All right. You can't take yourself out of that equation. And I guess maybe I'll say it another way. People reading the scriptures today, they see it and they're saying, oh, that happened to the Jews or that was just the Israel and things are different. I'm telling you, the Father has not redefined his people. All right? It's the same people, all the tribes of Israel, and anyone who joins himself to them are called Israel. And they are, too, to do the commandments. So wherever you're at, the commandments have not changed. So, so as we're looking at this fig tree, keep that in mind, okay? So that's why I say, yes, the fig tree is of Israel. But I'm not excluding anybody. I'm actually make sure that, you know, if you're calling yourself uh, a child of the Most High or the Bride, then you better pay attention because he's not changing his ways and how he reacts with his people. Israel is a people, but also shows how the Father in heaven operates. It doesn't, he doesn't change and neither does his requirements, okay? So let's see what the parable of the fig tree can reveal for us. I'm sure there's a lot more that I'm going to go over, but I do just want to touch a couple little things based on where we're at. Yes, Joe. Hold on for the,
0: the mic. Uh, sh- uh, the, the fig tree did not die. The word wither is like it shriveled up, but it didn't, it was, it's not a dead tree. And he said, uh, how did the fig tree wither so soon? How come it dried up so soon? But that's not a death.
1: Correct. In some ways, yes. Yeah. And that's what we'll see, I think what we'll, I, I mean, if I remember right, I'll see what other, I think we go to uh, Mark as well, and we'll read the same story and compare some of that. But no, that's a great, that's a great way of looking at it, and I think that's important, and that's good to do. Thank you. So, in Mark eleven seven. and they brought the cult to uh, Yeshua and they threw their garments on it, and he, and he sat on it. And remember, this would be deja vu again. So, and many spread their garments on the way, and the others were cutting down branches from the trees, and they were spreading them in the way. And those going before, and those uh, following cried out, saying, Hosanna, blessed he who comes in the name of Yahweh! Blessed he who come in the reign of our father David. Again, that kingship, in the name of Yahweh, Hosanna, in the highest, and Yeshua went into Jerusalem into the set apart place, and, having looked around, looked all around, he went out to Bethana with his twelve, as the hour was already late. So basically, this has Yeshua entering Jerusalem. Uh, we've read that before, but here's where I kind of want to focus a little bit more on uh, here on twelve, and on the next day, they had come out to Bethana. He was hungry and seeing at a distance a fig tree having leaves. He went, and see, uh, went to see whether it, he would find any fruit on it. And when he came to it, he found none but leaves, for it was not the season of figs. Okay. And Yeshua responded and said to it, let no one eat fruit of you ever again. And his taught ones heard it. And they came to Jeru- uh, and then they, yes, then they came came to Jerusalem. Yeshua entered into the set apart uh, and began to drove out all those who were sold in the set apart place and overturned the tables and the money changers and the seats and those selling doves, and he did not allow anyone to carry any vessels. Uh, In the set apart place, and he was teaching, saying to them, "Has it has it not been written, My house shall be a a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of robbers." And the scribes and the and the chief priests heard it, and they were seeking to destroy him here, for they feared him, because all the crowd was astonished at his teachings. Maybe that was one of the key things too. And then the evening came, he went out of the city, and in the morning, uh, and in the morning passed by and saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Kepha, or Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you've cursed has withered. And Yeshua answered and said to him, Have belief in Elohim. So I read all that so you can see the time frame again where we're at with the Passover and the things that are going on. So then it goes on, For truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and throw it into the sea and does not doubt in his heart and trusts that, that he, what he says shall be done. He shall, he shall have whatever he says. Because of this, I say to you, whenever you ask, uh, whatever you ask, when you pray, trust or believe, and you shall receive them, and you shall have them. And whatever you, whenever you stand praying for if you hold whatever against anyone, forgive, so that your Father in heaven also forgive you and and your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither shall your Father in the heavens forgive your trespasses. So, that actually plays a part in a lot of what we're going going to be talking about. But first, we have to look at this fig tree first, and then some of this will make sense. Okay. Because sometimes I think people read this and it's like, oh, I should be, I have a power to move that rock. Well, I think we have to understand what he's talking about first, okay? So the fig tree, first a proverb on the fig tree, okay? Proverbs 27, 18 says this. He who tends a fig tree eats its fruit, and he who guards his master is esteem or is given honor. That's a kind of a it sounds like a real simple, cut-through parable, right? And I think it is. But it's interesting, and it's a fig tree. And I did go to all the places that a fig tree was, you know? And it's like, oh, no, I found this one. And I thought, wow, this is kind of interesting. So this proverb says a lot about what we are going, or, or what we're going to understand about the parable of the fig tree with Yahshua, okay? Okay. Um, so it says basically, tending to the uh, the tree is uh or is to bringing? Uh, oh, tending to the tree is likened to not bringing down the name of your master. Okay, maybe I didn't say that right. So if you're tending to the tree, it's the same as tending to your master and bringing him honor. Okay, so they're they're being paralleled or being compared here. So before we look how the fig pertains to the people of Elohim, I first looked at the idea of Yeshua being hungry. Okay, this is interesting. I got a question coming up for you guys. Are you ready? Can you think of any other time that the text states that Yeshua was hungry? Awesome. Yes, say that in the mic
0: when when he was tempted by satan
1: that's right for 40 days or of... one yeah. then yeshua was led up by the spirit into the wilderness and he was tried by the devil or hasatan the bad guy whoever okay and after having fasted 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry okay and there came uh, and said to him if you are the son of elohim command these stones become bread And he answered and said, It has been written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of Yahuwah. So man shall not live by bread alone. So already we can see this idea of when Messiah was hungry, only two places that I could find. And one of them has to deal with the commandments. Imagine that. (laughs) The Old Testament. All right. So, man should not live by bread alone. This is the very thing that uh, that is uh, behind this parable of the fig tree. I'm telling you right quickly before you know, not leaving you hanging on the branch or anything like that, pun intended. But it is about the commandments. Okay. So, uh, it's about obedience to the commandments. Keeping the commandments bears righteous fruit. We know that. We over and over again we see this imagery. This is the major meaning of the parable I want to highlight. Just to to back up this whole thing, what Messiah, when he was hungry, and what he used to overcome this hunger, if we're going to jump to that type of thinking, it's coming from Deuteronomy 8. Guard to do every command which I command you today that you might live. And this is how Messiah survived. By the words of the Most High. By Deuteronomy, the Old Testament. That's how he overcame everything, right? So would it be any different for us today? I wouldn't think so. And go, and you shall possess the land which Yahweh swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that Yahweh your Elohim led you all these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to prove to you, to know whether you're, uh, what is in your heart. Oh my God, we're talking about heart. Isn't that just New Testament Stuff, But no, it's not. Old Testament is talking about your heart as well. And how it's associated with the commandments. Whether you guard my commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you suffer hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. And remember, Messiah said he is that manna, right? Uh, to make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but by, what, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of Yahuwah. Everything that Yahuwah says, all his commandments, all his direction for your life, they never change as it was in the past. It is now. So, and Yeshua, uh, again, Yeshua's teachings, believe it or not, are not new. (laughs) They really aren't. In some ways, there's nothing new. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't new revelation that we see, but what he's talking about and how he's teaching and where he's getting his information is nothing new. We have the mic over here, John. Or, oh, I'm sorry, Tanya.
2: Just a couple of things as far as new. I'm um, going back to Ecclesiastes 1.10. Again, is there anything whereof it may be said, see, this is new. Hath been all it hath been already of old time, which was before us. And then also as far as the fig tree, what came to mind was oh goodness, hold on. Two Timothy four two. And in the King James it says, Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. So I'm thinking the fig tree. It also had mentioned the season. It wasn't the season for them.
1: Correct. Yes. And, preaching and we'll the word see that a little bit and what that meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, awesome. Thank you, sister. So on this idea of hunger, uh, before we uh, go further, remember Matthew 5, 6, because we're in the book of Matthew. Remember this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because they shall be filled So let me show you more why I believe that the commandments are tied to this parable of the fig tree. I couldn't pass this up either, sorry. Isaiah 55, 1. Oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no silver, come buy and eat. Come by wine and milk without silver and without price. Why do you weigh out silver for what is not bread and your labor for what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat uh, eat what is good and let your being delight itself in the fatness. Incline your ear and come to me here so that your being lives and let me... Make an everlasting covenant with you. The trustworthiness of David, the king, fits exactly what's going on in Jerusalem. Hosanna to the king of David. We need our king. Then it goes on to say, see, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader, a commander for the people. See, a nation you do not know you call "...shall call, and a nation who does not know you run to you, because of Yehoah your Elohim, and the set-apart one of Israel, for he has adorned you. Seek Yehoah while he is to be found. Call on him while he is near." Let the wrong forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to Yahuwah, who has compassion on him, to our Elohim, for he pardons much. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares Yahuwah. To me, that is part of this whole hunger for thirst or hunger for righteousness. And again, it's found in the prophets. But everyone that, every mouth that proceeds out of the mouth of Elohim. In the wilderness of the temptation, uh, like Joe pointed out, the Messiah, the temptation. And here at the fig tree are the only places that I found that Yeshua solely was hungry. Because of what he witnessed in his journeys and at Jerusalem and at the temple in the time of Passover... Was he hungry for righteous fruit from the people and really found none? Because isn't that what he just walked away from in some ways? He just walked out of the set-apart place, overturns the tables, they're treating the house wrong, they got these people, the leaders, that, you know, should have been doing one thing, and the people confused about something else. They missed their day of visitation, so was, to me, is that what Messiah was hungry for? He wasn't finding the righteous acts out of his people. And that's what this tree then can represent because there was no fruit for him to eat. There was no one that he could hang out with and know that, you know, think about that on the small level. I'm just thinking, you know, we need that amongst ourselves. We need to know that we can hang out with our brothers and sisters and know that there's righteousness happening in our lives. You know? And that should be powerful because the world does it pretty good. So we should be able to do it even better than them. That was a complete side note. No, so now let's continue with the fig tree picture with some more of the background why he used the fig tree. So I should be able to finish this, okay? Hose, uh, Hose, Hosea 9.10, I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as first fruits on the fig tree in its beginning. They themselves have gone to Baalpur and separated themselves to shame and became as abominable as, as that which they loved. So in the beginning, they were these first summer fruits, or these first fruits on the fig tree. But they didn't come to be righteous, good, sweet fruit. That's what the prophet's saying here. Because they strayed. They mixed things. No different than us today. So here is one place Israel is compared to the fig tree, specifically the fathers, the leaders, as I would understand it. Just like what happened at the feast with the chief priests and the scribes. Remember, we just read that. There's this conflict going on there, okay? Before we go any further, we do need a little information on fig trees. After all, it is specified that it was a fig tree, and I know, uh, I know it was on purpose. Uh, there is abundant information about the fig tree, that, I, uh, that can give us insight on different ways and all kinds of things, okay? So I'm gonna keep it really short on a, just a couple here. Um, so, and what I'm saying is there's a lot of information you can find on a fig tree that could pertain to all this too and give you great insight as well, all right? So I'm not negating any other information than what I'm giving you, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So here's a few facts. Because uh, there is uh, 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 there is a lot that can be relevant to what we're talking about. Most figs uh, fruit twice a year, and and fruit only ripens on the branch. I thought that was interesting. The fig tree. So you, if you pick the fig off, you know how you take an apple, right? You take an apple or a banana or whatever, and it will ripen. A fig doesn't do that. It needs to ripen on that branch which I think is kind of interesting. At least this is some of the things I found, found out, okay? So I just took this photo Thursday, and that means I have a fig tree in my backyard, okay? So I thought that would help you understand what, uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about. You see how they grow right on the branch there? They grow on the branch. They don't grow out like on the leaf, and the, they grow like on the stalk it's tough and i think that's kind of interesting they need to be on the branch to ripen or, let, or or let's say it this way you need to stay close to him in the commandments to bring forth ripe sweet good fruit isn't that interesting that he's using that so the closer you are to the stock Closer to you, him, and obeying him, that's when you can become very good fruit. That's that's the only way you're going to know what is righteous and what is not. Yes, Kathy.
2: And doesn't it isn't it true that the figs just drop automatically when they're right? They just fall to the ground, and you don't actually pick them.
1: Uh, You just let them fall. But it also can happen to bad ones as well. Oh, okay. Because I saw
2: something not too long ago. And it's very interesting. You're talking about figs because they said that they don't even handpick them. They just wait till they fall.
1: Yeah, so that, that is one way. And there's more agricultural things, how they pollinated. Yes, you're correct. There's all kinds of weird, strange things that uh, are about the fig tree, you know, that oh, I have a big long list. But I just yeah. wanted to keep a couple things here for us to look at. Though. And
2: real quick, that Isaiah 55, 1 through 8, it really... Yeah, got me emotional because I have to admit that the what I was practicing before, they kind of like shunned mm-hmm. the Bible. And so I'm new to, like, I read the Bible off and on throughout the years, but I haven't read it. I don't even know it. Like now I'm starting to actually know it. So like everything in my past is just like I'm starting all fresh again, and it's so empowering just to like awesome. see it for how it truly is and not just like, Thumbing through it or whatever, so it's kind of like a lot of work for me because I'm starting from the very beginning right now, but I'm doing it the right way.
1: Yeah, no, awesome. Thank you, sister. So let me continue. Uh, So we see this idea of being ripe and sticking to the ranch, and, you know, the land of milk and honey, Uh, it's interesting that word honey is actually uh, uh, sticky stuff. So it also could be pertaining to the fig as well because they make... It gets sticky, and they can make stuff out of it. So it's interesting in that. And of course, where do you think the first mention of the fig tree occurred? This is an easy one, guys. Come on. Garden of Eden. Yes, the fig tree. So it's interesting that it pops up there as well. And that could be a whole other understanding uh, and thing as well. So I'm going to try to uh, finish here real quick here. The oh. International Standard Encyclopedia. Okay, the cursing of the fig tree, the miracle of our Lord occurred in the Passover season about April, this is where we're at, and as a natural phenomenon or are concerned about. Okay, the account given above of the fruiting of the fig tree as um, repeatedly observed by the present writer in the neighborhood of Jerusalem when the young leaves are newly appearing in April Every fig tree which is going to bear fruit at all will have some uh, tusks or immature figs upon it, even though the time of figs is not. So I thought that was kind of interesting, okay, of uh, and let me go on, because I, I know a lot of this in my head, too. Because I know, so the, you'll, you'll know. So basically, how I would understand this, Messiah walked up to this fig tree. He knows I'm not going to be big chunks of fruit ready to eat. All right? Even though some of the poor did eat these tiny little things that did come off. Because they were real bitter. All right? But he didn't even find the beginning. Okay? So what Messiah says, there is: I didn't find any fruit. Not that he was looking to eat it. He was just looking... They're not, this tree's not even going to produce any because it's not even showing that it's going to have any. So I think that weighs even deeper with Messiah. They hit, you know, in that sense. And those are the ones that actually Kathy can fall off too. Uh, there's all kinds of things depending on uh, the fig tree, how, where it's at. And, you know, our tree, we pruned it wrong, I guess. And now <laughs> figs come out and they've just fall. And they don't even ripen. But you have to do all kinds of stuff. So...
0: Ralphie? So, yes. Okay. Uh, you mentioned a while ago that the uh, the figs ramp, uh, ripen on the branches. Well, uh, God is the root. Where are the branches, as it uh, talks about in the Gospels? Okay. And if the fruit is in conjunction with the root being God... The fruit of the spirit is what ripens as we get closer to the root.
1: Oh, no, I would agree. And now, and it's interesting that you're talking about, because that's how I see the very spirits associated with the fruit, okay? And so the fruit of the spirit is something that you're going to physically see. You have to physically produce, you know, which I think is... I'll just stick there <laughs> I won't go down that path any further so I'll get one more comment and then we'll have to close out and then next week and we can finish up with the fig tree and do a real summary of all that and so keep all this stored in your brains for next week
0: Paul yeah it's interesting because you were talking about the time of Passover of Pesach where there would be an inspection done uh, I think there are multiple inspections that are in this section here uh when uh, Yeshua was going through Jerusalem, he would be inspected, uh, mm-hmm. and then when he was looking at the city, there was a time of inspection there or a time of visitation. And then when he comes over to the fig tree, that's another inspection that is being done to see if anything is producing fruit. So,
1: no, it, no, I'm glad you say that because that over, gets overlooked a lot, you know. <laughs> We always have to be on guard of what we're doing. We always have to be in the Word. We have to be close to that vine, you know, to do all these things. Because we find how many, I'm sure I'm not the only one found myself falling off the branch here and there and like, you know what? That wasn't very good fruit there, Ralphie. That was kind of bitter, you know? (laughs) So, but no, that's, uh, so there's a lot that we, like I said, there's a lot here that, uh, uh, a lot of different paths we can go, but ultimately, before I close, the the fig tree relates to his commandments, his commandments, his commandments, and doing them, and we'll see them in one way or another, it still comes back to his commandments, okay, so let me close in prayer, next week we'll come right back to, uh, and finish up about the fig tree, and and we'll see uh, what goes from there, so continue reading on, or hey, won't you guys During the week, look up fig tree and how a fig tree acts and stuff like that and see what the Father teaches you about being righteous and obeying his commandments. Father, Yahuwah, we give you great thanks. Father, we thank you that you abetted everything in your creation as we can see it. Father, your creation testifies that you are Yahuwah and there is no other. Father, we thank you. We thank you that your words became flesh. He has dwelt among us. You have not left us and we trust in whom you sent that is your son, Yahuwah who's bringing us back to you, Father, our Messiah, our King. Amen. Shabbat shalom, everyone. I'm glad all you came and are here. Uh, Those online will be back in about 25 minutes, so please come and join us. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for your time.